Welcome to the Will You Grow Show. How are you? I'm Angelique, founder of Will You and WillYouGrow.com. And today's show topic is forgiving ourselves. This is the second of three episodes about forgiveness. To see the previous episode about forgiving others, feel free to refer to the previous shows and see our next show about forgiving life and God. You can tune in next Sunday at 9 a.m. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Nature, who keep our hearts beating and our world turning, and by the Carrie Campbell Foundation, which supports creative video content that increases love among all people. What's not to love about that? So I'd like to share a cute little funny aside regarding our topic today. Last week, a client asked me, what's your next show topic? And I said, forgiving ourselves." His reply was, okay, what would a person get out of doing that? If you're wondering the same thing, here's my question for you. Do you have any thoughts that keep you up at night? Thoughts of shame or blame on you for those things that you did that maybe weren't the best? Would you feel better if you could let those thoughts go? Wouldn't it be great to have a wonderful night's sleep? And when you feel better, are you nicer to other people? And in turn, are they often nicer to you and to others? Well, if so, then as they say in the South, you better get to getting. In other words, forgive yourself and you'll experience more of the joy and peace that makes life feel worth living for. Now, after close to 20 years of inspiring people to empower themselves and make healthy choices, I've found that the biggest blocks to joy and success are unforgiveness of others, self or life, and belief in unworthiness. The good news is when you forgive yourself, you automatically feel more worthy. Let's talk about the blame and shame game. What have we done that we blame ourselves for? We've all done something that we know we shouldn't have at some point. By turning away from what was best and substituting it with a quick fix with a sexy someone, a line of powder, a bag of Cheetos, a quick drink, or another chance to hit the big one, we are left with that icky, acrid taste of regret. So instead of dwelling on that regret, pain, and shame, Let's explore the ways and why we haven't forgiven ourselves, how this affects us, and what we can do to transform our unforgiveness into freedom. So, two twisted reasons that we don't forgive ourselves. Our subconscious is super smart, and it's in charge of most of the reasons we don't forgive ourselves. Although we may not have ever thought of the things that I'm going to mention in the way that I'm going to present them next, we will know whether they are true for us when we take time to think about the statements and then look at our own lives. Do either of these two reasons for unforgiveness apply to you? Reason number one, because we have judged that we deserve punishment and don't deserve to be forgiven. Could that be the reason we don't forgive ourselves? Number two, 
Another reason we don't forgive ourselves is because in the back of our minds, we know that if we hold on to a bad memory of what we did, it will stay fresh in our feelings and thoughts. By re-experiencing these memories, we create a wall of protection to keep out that possibility of having or doing that experience again. However, the problem with protecting ourselves by remembering means that we build walls that keep the memories and people out as well as not letting them in. The walls work both ways. They keep us inside the protective boundaries of what we have known. However, it doesn't take too awfully long to realize that the walls also protect us from new experiences with happier endings. So how do forgiveness and unforgiveness affect us? Have you ever noticed the characteristics of people who are quick to forgive? What are they like? And have you noticed the characteristics of the unforgiving people? There is most certainly a cornucopia of results to observe. Look at the faces of the forgiving and the faces of the unforgiving. Look at their posture. Watch the way they speak to others and the way they treat themselves. See how their families behave towards them. In mentoring people to become empowered, I have noticed that those who forgive are lighter. Their faces are brighter and more open. They laugh more. They hope more. They dream more. They imagine more. They trust more. They are more willing to make healthy choices and to take healthy risks. They are nicer, <laughs> more optimistic about the future. They get sick less often. They have many and varied friends and are more successful by their own standards. On the other hand, those who do not forgive are heavier. They're hurt and they're often angry. They feel afraid to hope, dream, and imagine and are distrusting of life, others, and themselves. They often experience both emotional and physical pain and they are more willing to make unhealthy choices and take unhealthy risks in the conscious or unconscious hope that they might end their own lives. They often feel depressed and or are ill, have fewer friends, and believe they have limited success. So, forgiveness, anyone? The benefits of forgiveness are, well, obvious. So, what is forgiveness? As discussed in last week's article, my perspective on forgiveness is considered shocking to some. If we choose to accept others and ourselves for who we are, whatever we've done with no judgment, then no forgiveness is required. This means we accept. We accept them. We accept ourselves, And we accept life. Now, acceptance does not mean that the behavior is okay or tolerable. So don't think that that means that that's just a check mark and people and others don't need to change their behavior or we need to change ourselves. However, if we have judged someone or ourselves, then forgiveness is required in order to heal and grow. Forgiveness is a sense, a deep sense of a heartfelt apology 
first to our creator for being so arrogant as to believe that we actually know how best to judge and punish ourselves. Second, for having judged and punished. And third, for holding on to that judgment. Next, we can apologize to ourselves and then to the beings whom have been affected by our judgment. My experience with judgment for more than 30 years was that I was not conscious of the fact that I was judging, blaming, and criticizing, and not forgiving and accepting myself. So to share my story, after a lifetime of experience with men who chose to not be truly honest with me or themselves, I passed a judgment. Not that they were bad or wrong, rather that there must be something wrong with me. I thought, how could I keep attracting the same type of guy? My mind jumped through all sorts of hoops. I thought, maybe I was expecting too much of a man. Maybe all men skate and cross the line into untruth. Maybe I too wanted too much from a relationship. Or I thought, maybe relationships aren't really meant to be totally honest. (laughs) Maybe I don't know how to receive the truth. Or maybe I'm just not good at being a partner. Regardless, regardless the reason, I blamed, criticized, and punished myself. And as you can hear, as I even described it, that's kind of like a tornado. It's a cyclical thought pattern that really does nothing but create destruction in our own mind and to everyone else. So by judging myself in this way, I created not only a tornado, but a wall, which justified keeping men at arm's length. This was a safe protection mechanism when men actually posed a danger to me. But over time, That judgment and wall also protected me from a true and loving partner. I couldn't let love in because it felt dangerous. By judging myself as wrong and incapable, I took away my own power, my power to change myself and my power over the situation. I was stuck until they changed or until life changed. And it was a powerless, defeating feeling. I felt hopeless and lacking in faith. I punished myself by saying things like, I should have known better. (laughs) Or how could I be so stupid? How could I make that mistake again? And my punishment looked like this. I didn't allow myself to be fully present and involved in my intimate relationships. Wearing the suit of cynicism as an armor to protect me getting involved with men who had addictions and the propensity to not be capable of caring for themselves, their families, or me. No chance of getting close there. (laughs) And it was quite the self-fulfilling prophecy. So, how I overcame unforgiveness for myself? Well, first of all, I prayed a lot. A lot. I asked for guidance not only from the creator, but from those that he sent to help us. 
I happen to believe in angels. So Archangel Michael can be extremely helpful. Please Google him if you don't know who he is. And he can help you to release, heal, and seal that area that has been unforgiving. So in my asking for guidance, I asked for help. For those of you who may not believe in a creator or angels or any of the like, ask for help because guess what? You don't know at all. There is a power that knows more than you do. It's the one that makes the sun rise. It's the one that makes your heart beat. It makes your food digest. It makes your lungs breathe without you even trying. So just ask for help. Ask. And just notice what you receive. I also asked for hope because I didn't feel any at that time. So you can ask for what you don't have. I asked for hope. I said my apologies. I quit spending time with people who were angry and wanted to be unforgiving and complain and be stuck in the poor me treadmill and the groups of women who dogged men. <laughs> that never happens, does it? Well, it goes both ways. So I allowed myself to let go of the need to protect myself. I chose to feel and experience life and myself instead. And it has been a great trade-off to my health and my happiness. They're both living proof. So, is forgiveness best for you? If you're not sure, could you try it? You can always go back to being angry if you want to. But you won't. It feels too good. You might also take time to pray and ask, is it best for me to forgive myself? What do I need to know? And please show me how to forgive myself for what I have thought, said, and done. It's amazing what we get when we ask in earnestness. Now, next, I'm going to show you some tools for forgiveness right after this break. Now it is time for listener Q&A. All right. So, Ben, Ben, tell us what we've got for questions today. Oh, you got to show it to us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. All right, question number one. There's too much. I'll never forgive myself for what I've done. Oh, my dear, whatever it is that you have done, it is forgivable. It is, it is, it is. I know you don't feel that way right now. And you know what? It's okay. Whatever you've done, you can choose to never do it again. And if you never do it again, is there a reason to not forgive? You think about that. It's something to consider. My heart goes out to you and my prayers will be with you as well. Question number two. How can I feel worthy of being forgiven? How can I feel worthy of being forgiven? Ah, well... The answer can be different for everyone. May I ask you to rephrase your question? Instead of asking, how can I feel worthy to be forgiven, which focuses on a belief in unworthiness, could you ask this question? What do I need to know in order to be open to the idea of forgiving? Then be curious. No need to force yourself, look too hard, or try. 
Just let that question go and be curious and watch to see the answers that life will bring you. If you're ready to try some tools that work for me and my clients, below are four tools to empower and lighten your load. Tool number one, responsibility. As soon as we take responsibility for our behavior, we can begin to become empowered. We acknowledge that we are no longer a victim. No longer a victim. This reduces rage and we begin to gain control of our own behavior. That's tool number one, responsibility. Tool number two, faith. When we choose to pray and have faith that life can be different, instead of always being the same old same, our walls crumble and we open the door to our heart and new possibilities. That's tool number two, faith. Tool number three, humility. Because let's face it, we just don't know it all and that's okay. Tool number three, humility. Tool number four, willingness. Wholehearted willingness is key to any big change, including forgiving and accepting ourselves. We can be willing to choose to experience what we may have never experienced before, like freedom from anger at being a victim, fear of a repeat scenario and the desire to punish. And as I did, we can willingly ask for help from the all-knowing, almighty mystery that is often called life or God. So that was your final and fourth tip to and tool for forgiveness. Now we'll talk a bit about forgiveness and willpower. When we choose to forgive ourselves, which is sometimes the most difficult choice of all, <laughs> we grow in strength and willpower. Once forgiven, we know that we are worthy to receive all forms of forgiveness. We stop limiting ourselves with painful behaviors and addictions born of fear and hate, and our lives become fun, light, and free. And life can shower us with goodness because we are grateful and humble receivers, and we feel worthy. Of all the things that we can do to empower ourselves, forgiveness is the most powerful. So what say ye? Share your thoughts and feelings on forgiveness with us down in the comments section so that we may all grow in strength and willpower together. And now, it's metaphysical tool time. <laughs> First, We'll talk about animals that symbolize rebirth, the rebirth that comes with forgiveness. Today's animal is the phoenix because it rises from the ashes and becomes born again into a brand new, more powerful being, just like you'll be when you forgive yourself. To learn a little bit more about the phoenix, we are going to turn to Ben, Ben, tell us about the phoenix. As Angelique introduced, in ancient Greek folklore, a phoenix is a long-lived bird that cyclically regenerates or is otherwise born again. Associated with the sun, a phoenix obtains new life by arising from the ashes of its predecessor. It symbolizes birth, death, and rebirth, 
as well as eternity, strength, and renewal. The whole idea that this mythical bird is reborn from the ashes of the flames of death signifies a journey through fire or adversity. Ooh! <laughs> yeah, all right. Here, here for the phoenix. <laughs> and the phoenix in each and every one of us. You can allow yourself to be born again. Next, we'll talk about a crystal and an ocean element that you can wear to increase your receptivity to healing and forgiving yourself. The pearl. The pearl is located here. Uh, the round one, <laughs> the round white one is also on my ears. I'm going to read to you a bit about the pearl. In ancient legends, pearls were the tears of the gods. The stone helps to balance erratic emotions and soothes the heart chakra. It attracts love and can give courage attributes that you can often lack when you're not forgiving yourself. So if you feel like you need to have a little extra courage, ladies, put your pearls on. All right. Also, another one that if you'd like to pick up for yourself to help in willpower and courage, the courage that you can get up to forgive yourself, that is the blue stone. Can we get a little tighter shot in on that? The blue stone right there. It's pretty. This is what it looks like raw, and the one to the other side of it is what it looks like when it's polished. You could get something to wear this stone, or you could buy the stone and put it next to your bed or wherever you pray, or you could just uh, put it, get a small one and put it in your pocket, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, and this is the Crystal Bible 2 by Judy Hall. The previous uh, book we were reading from was The Crystal Energy by Mary Lambert. The special qualities of the bluestone. Psychologically, bluestone enhances willpower and courage, gives enormous strength, which is exactly what you'll need to rise from your own ashes. But you can do it. It enables bearing hard knocks with equanimity and understanding the lessons and gifts therein. It is an energy enhancer that also provides protection on all levels. This stone links the heart, the thiamus, and the throat chakras, enabling you to speak your truth. Mentally, bluestone focuses on one-pointedly clearing the mind of all trivia. That would be that stuff that keeps you up at night. <laughs> and creates space into which knowledge and intuition can flow. Awesome. Go bluestone. All right, and for you ladies who may have had issues with men in your past, who you would like to allow to be released from your experience, the Shiva Lingam can be exceedingly helpful. Helpful, would like to get a tight shot on that. It's spelled S-H-I-V-A. The second word is L-I-N-G-A-M. The Shiva Lingam is useful for emotional pain that arises sometimes from early childhood that recurs in our relationships. <laughs> also from sexual abuse, as it reinstates trust in male energy and in your own male qualities that can draw a sexual healing partner for you. Also um, beneficial for overcoming sexual mortification from abuse, infertility, Impotence, 
in orgasmia, menstrual cramps, it stimulates electrical flow systems of the subtle body and meridians. It also re-energizes the base chakras and opens the way for a new relationship. Not only with others, but with yourself, most importantly. Okay, and that, my dears, is it for today. Be sure you don't miss a Sunday with us and help us to keep this show coming to you. So hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, and share our message with people you care about. And if you feel inspired to donate, that's a lovely way to spread the message and share the love. Go to the About section of our channel and click the donate link to input your amount. I thank you for joining us for today's show. We'll be back next Sunday at 9 a.m. to talk about how to forgive life and God. Until then, take excellent care of your very fine self. Always with love, from Angelique.